Hi, everybody. This is Madeline with Embrace the Madness. I'm super excited you're here with me. If you've never tuned into the podcast, then we just take everything that's happening in the world around us, listen, learn from it, and make changes so that we can make the best of it, you know? So today I have this super awesome guest, my friend Ofra from, we actually met at Chick-fil-A 10 years ago. We both opened the one on Union in Memphis and that was the beginning of our friendship. And I noticed that she is active in podcasting and still doing really cool stuff. So I wanted to talk to her. She actually has a passion and purpose series in the Dear Millennials podcast. So we'll definitely link that in the show. And I'm super excited for you to hear her story and how she got to where she is now. She's literally the definition of grinding. And it's such a beautiful story to hear and know that that's my friend and I'm just so proud of her and I'm so thankful that she joined us and I really hope you enjoy the episode. So I will go ahead and turn it over to our interview and I'll catch you later. And it's literally been at least 10 years. It's been 10 years since we worked at Chick-fil-A. I know. we both were starting college. Oh yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess you, how, how many years, are you older than me? I'm a, I'm a year older than you. So I graduated. I love how you remember this. <laughs> anyway, That's good. I graduated in 2000. So I had already been working at Chick-fil-A and my previous owner, Joe Miller, allowed me, I transferred over with Steve Collins and I helped him open his store. That's how I winded up on Union in the first place. Were you at Poplar or? I was right out on um, Poplar and Massey first before I transferred over there because we had moved. Oh, forward. is that Germantown or East Memphis? That's East Memphis. It was East Memphis with Joe Miller. So yeah, it's been, I've been, I worked, started working at Chick-fil-A like 2008. And then I transferred stores in 2009, 10-ish, and then started college. Man. I know, I feel like so much has happened since 10 years ago. It has. It has, but we have, you still look the same and I still look the same. Thank the Lord. I'm sure we still interact the same too. I just remember us being so silly. <laughs> we were, we were always <laughs> clowning in drive through window. True. <laughs> I used to get on people's last nerves because I was goofy as fuck. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so for everybody listening to the podcast, this is Ofro. We used to work at Chick-fil-A and I wanted to invite her to talk about her life and her journey in the passion and purpose which is fucking cool also you can curse if you want but if you don't want to curse that's cool too thank you thank you thank <laughs> you thank you so much for having me on I'm Madeline. So excited. Madeline I'm excited too I'm glad you reached out to me so for those who don't know who I am my name is Ofra Payne also known as OPP from Dear Millennials to Let Us Podcast also known as your homegirl O from Homegirls, our YouTube favorite talk show. Um, just a preview and update of my life. Um, I met Miss Madeline here working at Chick-fil-A, like, like we were just talking about 10 years ago. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing in life 
at that time. We were just 18 years old, having fun, like normal 18-year-olds do. And, you know, just we didn't understand our purpose and passion at the time. We just went through, we just experienced life for the most part. Um, me, personally, I've always been adventurous. I've always been willing to try things and have courage and be courageous. So um, for many of you who don't know, I was the first in my family to ever go to a four-year college. That was, yeah. thank you. That was a journey within itself. Are you from Memphis? I am from Born Memphis. Born and raised? Born and raised. So I was the first in my family to ever go to a four-year college. How did I land <laughs> at the University of Memphis? Man, I hope we dream and a wish, actually. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not see myself going to the University of Memphis because of my background and where I was from. Um, if anybody knows, I lived on Bellevue on a little street called Lovett. We lived in a three-bedroom house with eight kids. That's a lot. <laughs> three-bedroom house with eight kids. But me, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I've always been a dreamer. I've always. Where are you in the, are you the oldest? I'm not the oldest. Okay. I'm actually number five. Okay. Oh, wow. Yes. So I've always been a dreamer. I've always dreamed of like, what would life be, be like better? And TV for me, it, it sounds crazy and funny, but TV exposed me to better if that makes sense, because I didn't have the means or finances to do so at the time and point in my life. So I always used to look at TV and different television shows. And just what are some that you're thinking of? Man, what a show that really changed my life. I will always, always, it's Moesha. Moesha, that's the yeah. craziest part. So I have quite a few. It was Moesha, Kenan and Kale. I love that show. Uh, <laughs> all that unfabulous oh my god yeah, um, Nick, <laughs> yes yes they're declassified oh my god um, toot, toot. yes <laughs> they're declassified then zoe 101 I remember. Uh, after zoe 101 i used to watch uh gosh what's that show a different world it oh, was just yeah so yeah it's another cosby show it was a different world. And so just watching TV and movies is how I really got into film and understanding like there's a better life out there for me. So that was my motivation and driver was just seeing, I know that sounds crazy. No, but, I'm like, my heart's warm. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my motivation and driver, television. So... It, it, it does not surprise me that 10, well, from childhood till now in my life, I hold like television, screenwriting, representation, and all these things near and dear to my heart is because these are the things in my life that strived and made me want to do better. So I have incorporated media into my purpose and my passion. Yes. Actually, I didn't incorporate it. I would say God placed me there because I was, the funny thing about it, I was just focused on education because I'm currently pursuing my PhD, 
like and ensuring that I got a job. In what field? Communications? I, I know not communication, psychology, psych. Whoa, what are you gonna do? Wait, was your undergrad in psych? My undergrad was in health. Health because you know I had an aspiration of being a nurse. Okay. I didn't know because you know I wanted to go straight down the STEM field to secure myself and secure a job. That's another yeah. story for another Same. day. <laughs> the mommy. Yes, like I wanted to secure a job. I knew my family did not have a way from and or means to take care of me. So I had to figure out how to take care of myself and what would that look like. So so to secure myself a job in undergrad, I put myself through hell, majoring in health. Do you understand me? And then once the whole nursing thing didn't work out, I did health studies worked in the healthcare field for a while, went back and got my master's degree because I, you know, I knew I wasn't working in a field that I could see myself growing in. And then after I got my master's degree, I landed back here in Memphis again. Wait, where were you? Where had you gone? I had gone to Hattiesburg, Mississippi to just kind of like recalibrate and get myself together. You know, at the time, Memphis wasn't offering too much, if that made sense. Yeah. So I, you know, literally, this is the crazy part about me. I literally went to Hattiesburg one time. Do you hear me? One time. And decided that I was going to grad school there. And that was the best experience. That was the best experience of my life. I was so ever grateful for that journey. Do you like people don't understand? Like I was so happy that I had landed and went to grad school. When I went to grad school, I had my very first apartment. I know this sounds crazy, but I was 24 going 25. I, that was my very first apartment and me being out on my own and just kind of doing self-discovery and finding myself and understanding myself and getting vested and involved in me more. And so I was afforded that opportunity to go to grad school and I was forever grateful and thankful for it. And I was so much more happier after I accomplished that goal of getting my master's degree. So I was the first in my family to get a bachelor's degree in the first in my family. Queen (laughs) alert. Thank you. Did you you. do your master's in psych? I did my master's in economic development. Okay. So you kind of just are all over the spectrum. Yes. Yes, all the, it's for me, it's just like, I major in, in that time point and period, what is my focal point? And for me, within the African-American community, it's health, like mental health. Yeah. Um, just being around my friends and just around my peers, period. Like mental health is not taken seriously within the African-American community. So I was just like, how can you incorporate this in your life? Like even within my family, like somebody has to do it, right? Right. And and of course, as you've done everything else, (laughs) everything (laughs) else first, you have to do this first too. So I went ahead. I was like, this mental health is so serious depression is so serious and just kind of watching my sister uh she just recently left her hu- her first husband and seeing her mental state then my older sister who went through something similar and traumatic her mental state as well 
And then like just kind of seeing their mental state and like where they stop growing, because that's the crazy part. How do you get an adult to grow and not be stuck in time? Yeah. And because wherever you stop off at, that's where you stop growing it. And so just kind of looking at them and I said, Lord, please don't ever let that be me. I want to continue to go with the time. And how do you do that? It's just like continuously learning and continuously, you know, checking in on yourself and your mental health. And so that's how I came upon psychology in the first place and creating healthy boundaries for myself and learning to say no, learning to say no and articulate myself with what I mean and standing on my two feet because, you know, some people, I'm very compassionate and people try to take it, excuse me, advantage of it. So just myself and my own journey is learning the art of no, learning to protect myself and learning adulthood and knowing what I will and will not take. So that's just you. Thank you. Thank you. Not having, it is like you said, being compassionate and not having boundaries or like, oh no, I'm like a doormat. <laughs> you are like so sad. Yes. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta create those healthy boundaries with yourself. And because people will try to disrespect you, get over on you. And so when I was taking a look back at myself and just, you gotta say no, you gotta take care of yourself, understanding your no and your why and understanding you're not superwoman. So that's one of my biggest things, like understanding I'm not super woman. I am going to get the job done, but do what it is that I need to do to take care of myself and be a little bit more selfish mm-hmm. with my time, with myself and with what I have. So, you know, that's been a journey within itself. Yeah. So, so what are you doing now? Like right now, I'm the present. This current time of the present, um, like I mentioned before, I'm on too many platforms, Dear Millennials and Homegirls. Yeah, just two, just two. Uh, Dear Millennials, Homegirls. I'm currently pursuing my PhD, as I mentioned, and I work at the university here at the University of Memphis as my nine to five. Okay. And okay, so I dibble a dabble a little something everything and I help inner city youth children that are just like me. Um, so that has been my purpose and my passion since I've graduated college. Like, how do I give back to students and children just like me? Because this life is so much more bigger than me. And if you're not helping somebody to get to where they're going in life, then guess what? You got to, you know, check yourself. So it's just like helping students get to where they're going in life, get to what they're doing and understanding you and just doing everything that it is that you need to do. Oh, yeah. Are you doing like, is it like a social work kind of thing where you sit down with students or like what are you doing in a day, daily thing? Daily thing for me, I'm on the coordinator side. I mostly deal with the budgets. I very, okay. I'm not hands-on with the students anymore. I just mm-hmm. moved back from this semester being hands-on with the students. I've elevated to the coordinator role. Uh, but at first, I used to help students get into a post-secondary institution of their choice first. 
and then kind of help them figure out their way in like in life and what they want to do next. That was the fun part. But due to needing of extra funds and elevation in life, I'm now a coordinator on that end and um, moving away from being working with the students and being more administrative side, which is the fun side and just working with, you know, admin and just growing in my position and everything that I do. Yay, that's awesome. Yes, ma'am. So it's been quite the journey. I can say that um, I host my own purpose and passion series, which is really funny. Oh, you need to tell me about all that. Yes. So so that's like an extension of Dear Millennials? It is an extension of Dear Millennials. So tell me about how did you get into that, Dear Millennials? So I got into friends. So uh, to be completely transparent, open and honest, I met Marvin Frank uh, back in 2014, and he shared the vision with me with wanting to own his own broadcasting company. Um, He would always, you know, check in and we would always cross paths in life and do projects and things like that. Um, One day, literally in 2018, he called me up. He was like, yo, can we have a sit down and talk about, you know, this idea that I have and this project that I have in mind? And I was like, of course, sure. Me being me, I was like, yo, let's let's just go ahead and do it. He took me to OMA Network. And then literally a day later, I named, I branded us Dear Millennials. And he recruited the other two. That's he so recruited cool. the other two and just brought us all together and kind of solidified the vision and everything that he did. So, which was a good, pretty good part. Um, so that's been since 2018. So we started the podcast February, 2019. We okay, came up last with year. last year. So it's going on our second year with the podcast and that's it's so absolutely cool. crazy. It's been crazy. I can definitely tell you it has been crazy. It has been an adventure. Like the good kind, right? Is it's been some good and some bad. <laughs> <laughs> like everything else in life. Yes, it's been some good and some bad. It is sometimes when you up and when you're down. Yeah. But if you can persevere and make it through, you'll be okay. Yeah. So that's how I started Dear Millennials. Now, this summer, I wanted to challenge myself to get, you know, letting people hear my voice more, not playing so much, you know, just kind of stepping out on my own and figuring things out on my own and Mm -hmm. seeing what that looks like with life since I had helped build this platform and seeing if I can carry my own weight, you see what I'm saying, by myself. Mm -hmm. So I challenged myself with coming up with purpose and passion. And just kind of booking people here around the city of Memphis that were well-known people and kind of talking to them and understanding their purpose and their passions in life. And how did they get to where they were going, if that made sense, Mm -hmm. for those who were struggling with their purpose and passion in life and not understanding what it is that they necessarily want to do. So for me, I did that to kind of help others along in their journey 
Like if you're struggling with your purpose and you're struggling with your passion and you just simply don't know what it is that you want to do, don't matter what age you are, we all experience a period of uncertainty in life because we don't know what's next. That's life. Yeah. You know, we all experience it. So hopefully this series can help you out. Yeah. You know, to other people who are going on their journey, how they made it, how they persevered and keep it moving and keep it pushing and seeing what that looks like. So, so do you have a guest every time or do you ever do like a solo? Do, I have not done a solo yet. And oh. everybody keeps asking me to do a solo and I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm nervous. Like y'all want to hear about my journey? Wow. Yeah, I was nervous to start having guests, but I was like, I can't just talk by myself the whole time. Yeah, so I understand. I was like, yo, I was scared. I was like, yo, I have not done a solo yet. Like, yeah. this is, you're the third person to act, have I wanted to do a solo. Third time's the like, charm. <laughs> <laughs> don't start. Please don't start. Oh, don't start. So it's like, oh, now you've been making me challenge myself. I'm going to challenge myself in February. Okay. Or March of next year. When's your When's your birthday? What sign are you? I'm a Cancer. Oh, July sixteenth. Okay, I'm Pisces, so that's why I think the water's running. But you were just talking about being compassionate, so I was like, hmm. Oh, you want to know something? That's the, my highest compatibility sign is our Pisces. I get along with Pisces so well. <laughs> Do you understand <laughs> that? Like that's the crazy part. Like. Marvin Frank, he's a Pisces and we oh, get along so okay. well. Yeah. We get along so well. Pisces and Cancers are like the highest compatible signs for friendship and love. So that's Aww. yes. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's <laughs> why we that's why we were always so crazy in the Chick-fil-A window. We never we understood. Just <laughs> <laughs> that's like we used to get on people's last nerves all the time. I know I did. I knew I used to get on Laquisha's nerves. She loved me, but I used to, I know I used to get on. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> I know. I'm just like thinking about breaking down that milkshake machine. <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> I'm like, wait, we gotta do what? <laughs> yes, breaking down the milkshake machine. I actually broke it one time. Well, who was the the piece that fell inside of it or something? And then I tried to, I cannot remember the gentleman's name who had the red hair, who came for like a short period of time and played baseball. I forgot his name and he was like, no, <laughs> I broke it. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure this is probably going to come on my paycheck, but it's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Had, yes, like I had so much fun. It was just, like I said, on your journey, just make sure you're having fun and you're enjoying life. Yeah. And don't put too much pressure on yourself to be perfect. Like, I can remember periods of time in my life where I would just, you know, pressure myself, either do or die, to try to be perfect. So for those who are listening, don't do that to yourself. In your journey but that's so much easier said than done it is <laughs> I struggle with that too yeah it, it is to be completely honest it's different like I said when I had I'm coming from a family of eight and I'm you probably come from the same thing it's like when you have that pressure 
of trying to create something and of course be the model to three younger siblings and help financially on top of that. It's like you have no wiggle room sometimes to mess up. So oftentimes I used to find myself in situations where I would feel like I was trying to perform perform and be perfect because at certain points and periods of my life, I'm going to be transparent, open and honest. I had no wiggle room to fuck up. Like when I went to college, I had no wiggle room to fuck up. Like I had not like financially scholarship wise or. I did. Like I had no wiggle room to fuck up. I had no wiggle room to fuck up in undergrad or graduate school. So, and I have no wiggle room. It's like for my life, I've had very scarce uh, wiggle room for the longest of time until I was like, until recently last year to fuck up because other people depended on me. Yeah. And I couldn't just fuck up like that and be selfish like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would like to. I would have loved to. But transparent, open and honest moment, I couldn't. I didn't have the resources. I had to create resources on my own. I had to get up and do my own shit. I got to provide for myself and my younger siblings at one point. Now we grown. I can be a little bit more selfish. But from... 14 to last year? No. I had no wiggle room to fuck up, Maddie. I'm dead serious. And everybody always asks me, how were you able to pull this off and smile? Seriously. Seriously. I mean, I guess it's because there's no other way. It's no other way. I'm To be completely, at that point in period of my life, I had no other way. You see what I'm saying? School was my only way. And you know... Everybody knows who went to college, get refund checks, budgeting, finance. And then I had to work here at FedEx after I got done working at Chick-fil-A and going to school. So I had so much pressure for the longest of time without any sigh of help or relief. So it's just like, finally, I get to. (sighs) Yeah. And everybody can tell and see it that I get to take care of myself a little bit more and relax a little bit more and be a little bit more happier. So for those who out there are struggling and just putting in the work, it may be 14, 15 years before you reap the benefits. I'm here to tell you that. Like you looking at somebody who has so many odd jobs, Madeline, I worked at a. I worked at the Westin as a bartender. I've worked as a hostess. I worked in in-room dining. I worked in Chick. I worked at Chick Fil A. I've been a nanny. I've been an au pair. I've been some of everything just to make money, and I had to do it with a smile. And that's like one of the biggest things I tell. Look, as you going on your journey depending upon where you are coming from, you might have to put up with some bullshit for a minute. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I remember many days I used to have to put up with a lot of bullshit. Like, just a lot of bullshit. And the only restitution I had was prayer. And that was it. I didn't have anything else. And that was like one of the biggest reasons I started doing counseling because I had no outlet. 
I had nowhere to go sometimes to, to talk to anybody or to vent or do anything. I just had constantly work because of the situation where I was in and where I was coming from and no help sometimes. So as you are going on your journey, <laughs> please check in with yourself, your mental health and make sure you're okay. So at what point did you realize like how important mental health was? Like, I guess in your journey, when you realized like, I got to take care of myself. I was 25, 25. And that's crazy, right? 25. So I'm going to tell you something. I, <laughs> I was working at the Westin Hotel and Cerise Ward, I will ever forget her. She just passed away this past year from cancer. She was talking to me and she said, Ofer, you need to take care of better care of yourself and your mental health. I'm going to need you to go to counseling because you are carrying what looks like the world on your back sometimes and you're not talking to anybody about it and you're just suppressing it all in. And so I had a breaking point when I was 25, right before I went to grad school. And I looked at the situation I was in and I said to myself, my life has to be better than this. So I started to go to counseling. I started to, you know, do therapy, do therapeutic things. I started to um, dot, jot down and create vision boards and plan for my futures and future and what did that look like? And what did I want out of life? And how was I going to get there with my next steps? So I started doing that and just doing right by myself and rebuilding myself at 25 after undergrad and just moving from there, honestly. So can you, I'm sure you can tell like a difference in like. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to tell you straight up. Yes. Since I've been doing stuff, the uh, checking in with my mental health, checking in with my empowerment coach, uh, focusing on me more. Oh, man. Like, I used to literally have a pain in my chest, Madeline, and like, like, that, like a physical pain in my chest because that's how much stress I was under, like a physical pain. And I'm 25, 26 years old. And I'm like, and she was like, that's stress. You need to stop before you have a heart attack. Yeah. That's stress because I was working three jobs trying to make ends meet. And everybody's like, how are you working three jobs? I used to work overnight at FedEx. Then I used to get off at FedEx and go to IRD at the Westin Hotel and then clean up as a janitor. When did you sleep? Never? For some, to be completely honest, sometimes, some days, like, what well, I would only be able to rest and get, like, cat naps in between in room 90. And that's, like, it, it takes a toll on your health. Yeah. It really does. So, like, people, I'm telling you something right now. There's some people out here just really grinding, really trying to make it. And I, I'm one of them. And I'm just... Like everybody said, you're the rose that grew from the concrete, but do you understand how that affected my health and how much work I had to put in due to lack of opportunities and lack of resources? 
So for those who are courageous and crazy as me, coming from the background that I come from, seeking out to get like, to live in your purpose and passion, it's going to be a minute. I'm not even feeling a lot of you. It's going to be a minute. It's going to be a while. But you got to keep your vision and what you want in life, like right before your face. You got to be courageous, even in times and moments when you don't even feel like it. You got to be disciplined enough to do what it is that you need to do. And I'm going to sit here and I'm not going to lie to you. I was many a nights I cried. <laughs> many a nights I wanted to give up madly. Many a nights I just wanted to just fold in and then I would look and around my surroundings and say, I cannot live like this. This is not where I want to be when I'm 30 or when I'm 40. I want something better for my children. So that pushes me just a little bit more. <laughs> that has pushed me so much more. Like, yo, this is not what I want for my kids. I don't want my kids to be struggling like this. This is not, this is not it for me. So I got to push forward. I got to do what it is that I get to do. And like I said, my family, you know, we didn't have much. You know, my mom and dad didn't go to college and stuff like that. We didn't have much. But we did have love and support. But love and support is great. <laughs> it don't pay the bills, though. For so sure. yeah, it doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't, you know, provide. It doesn't, you know, provide opportunities and things like that. So, hey, you got to take all the knowledge that your parents give you and try to do the best that you absolutely can and move forward in that way. Yeah. So. Going back to what you were saying, um, when you were saying you looked around and you were like, I can't live like this. What do you think, I'm trying to figure out how to ask it. What do you think is like, makes the difference between like giving up and persevering? You know what I mean? Yeah. So what made the difference for me, like I told you, it's crazy, but television. (laughs) <laughs> so you just still had that inner feeling. I had that, that inner, that inner knowing that it was possible. I had, so two things that made me know that it was possible. One experience, uh, my uncle provided me, rest in peace. He was, the, he was the person who gave me the name OPP. I had the opportunity to live in Germantown And OPP, he used to say, you're other people's problems because you're never going to stop. You're never going to take no for an answer. Nobody can push you down and run over you. You're headstrong. You're going to get back up. You're going to cry and dust yourself off again. So he started calling me OPP, other people's problems. And when I lived with him in Germantown, (laughs) it was to me, to me, it sounds far-fetched. It was like Zoe one-on-one for me. (laughs) <laughs> so like it was living like, in Cali or something. Yes, like abundance I, everywhere. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, I'm coming from South Memphis and this little three-bedroom house to Germantown. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I had yeah. never seen nothing like this in my life. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God. I, what type of tub is this? This is a jacuzzi tub. What in the world? Oh my God. This is like an aeroform mattress. Oh my God. I got my old room. Oh my God. Like so I kind of just... gave you that physical representation yes. of like, okay, this does exist and I can maybe one day get it. Yes. Something like when... that. 
Yes, that physical representation was everything. When he provided me, it was when he provided me that opportunity to stay with him, that just did it for me. I was like, okay, so this is real. Yeah. This is just not on TV. I can get this too for myself. This is real. This this is real. And that kind of, that's, that is not kind of, it stuck with me. That one opportunity stuck with me for the rest of my life. I was, like I said, I was 13 and I started asking questions, asking um, at that time, my older sister, like, how do you get to college? How do you go to college? Where can I get to college? Where can I get resources? What do I need to do type stuff because of that experience? After that experience, it just solidified my dream. Then another experience, I know this sounds so crazy. I got to go to an actual physical movie theater for the first time at 12. That solidified my dream of writing. It was, I never forget. Like a movie theater like Malco or? Yeah, a movie theater like Malco. And I saw Coach Carter. I saw the movie Coach Carter and it was a wrap for me. I said, yep, these two things. This is what I want in my life. I'm done with it. How do I get there? What's my next question? That's so powerful that you had that experience. You said 13? Yep. And it stuck with you? Damn. Yep. People think I'm crazy. So I started, I started school early because I saw my older brother go to college because I already saw, it was like, he didn't finish college, but I saw him go. So I was like, okay, so how do I get there? I was four years old. I said, I'm going to get to where you're going because you, you get a ref- Yes, you get a <laughs> refund check. My daddy took a picture of me getting my books in my bag and sitting down at the table. I was like, I need to go ahead and study so I can get to college because I saw he got a refund check. Like I knew I needed money. <laughs> right, right. So I was four and I saw him get a refund check. I said, oh, I'm going to need a refund check too. And from when I started school at four years old and I didn't stop. Because I knew money was tied to it. So it was just like, and then I had like little experiences throughout that time that solidified like, okay, if I can work and do this, I can work and do that. And just kind of working hard and remembering my why. Like I revisit my why so often, it's not even funny. Was that something that you were kind of instilled as a kid? Like, was that something that your family talked about? Or was that something you stumbled upon yourself? When did that come into the play? play? Revisiting my why came into play when I was about 16. I, I was 16 years old and... I had the opportunity to do a program called My College Opportunities for Life. And I was about to get ready to graduate. And Ms. Tori Thompson, she made us write down an essay as to why are you doing what you are doing. And one of the biggest reasons I was doing what I was doing was, number one, was family. To take care of them Uh, and provide for them? Yes. I I would look at... Man, now I'm going to cry. <laughs> Tears are welcome. But you could take a minute if you need. Ooh, I do need a minute. We're yeah, so. <laughs> Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was just looking at why. For the most part, it, it would be like looking at 
AJ, my little sister, my little brother, and my little little brother, Josh and Nathan. We just knew in life that, I just knew in life it would, I wanted more for them than what, what we had. Yeah. I didn't want to live in degradation. I didn't want to be poor anymore. So I was like, so how do you figure out not being poor anymore? At 16 years old, you like, you're 16. How do you not figure out being poor? (laughs) With little education, Oprah, you go to college, right? So I joined all of these different programs to kind of better myself and help myself and show my siblings the way of doing the same thing and trying to provide them opportunities. It was just crazy. Like, I would say God was with me every step of the way. It's no doubt about it. Yeah. It's no doubt about it. I do want to talk about like how spirituality kind of is in part of your journey. And have you always been like religious and spiritual? Has God always been a part of your life? Yes. I would say when I was 13 years old, that's when spirituality was a staple point for me. I could go to church. So no, we didn't go to church. Actually, I'm a Hebrew Israelite. I'm not a Christian. Okay. So spirituality is a big thing in my family. And so I remember like just that was my outlet before I started to go to counseling was looking up to the heavens and praying every single day. Just praying every single day. And just I don't know. Just praying every single day and it would just make it better. It would just make it better. Transparent, open, honestly, without it, I don't think I would have made it because a lot of time uh, prayer really soothes my soul. Um, My mother taught me how to pray when I was four years old. And so like just opening up the book of Psalms and reading a prayer and it soothes my soul. It takes, you know, just the edge off. And then just uh, some self-care for itself. And so, like, spirituality with my journey has helped me out so much and so tremendously. Um, I can definitely tell you it has helped me get to where I am. And what would I look like without it? I would be afraid to say. Um, because I can, it it has been some times where that's the only thing that I can depend on is prayer, is power of prayer. So for me, you know, I have gotten back into the rhythm of when I first wake up in the morning of saying a small prayer, giving thanks to God, and just ensuring that, you know, my head is right and I can get this day started. So heavily, heavily, heavily spirituality has played a huge role in my life. And God himself has instructed me and guided me along the way, of course, with the works of my hands. But I can definitely honestly say for myself, um, it has helped me along my journey with every single step of the way since I've started praying since I was four years old. So it, that's what, 24 years of prayer? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like you would have like a clear channel since you've been doing it for so long. Cause I, yeah. think since I've gotten into like what spirituality means for me, sometimes it's mm-hmm. hard for me to know, is this God or is this just my brain? Mm-hmm. Weird. Yeah. So for me, I can say just this last two months alone, I have been guided and instructed. And when you hear that inner voice, listen, and it'll take you through. Can you give me an example or just? Oh, 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 I can give you an example. Um, You know, I have several media platforms. One media platform, I was struggling with uh, some of my members and as well as with family. And one situation where something in the back of my mind, it just kept saying, something's not right. Something's not right. And I'm just like, what's not right? (laughs) (laughs) What is not right? And then I looked up to the heavens. I said, show me what's not right. And he literally showed it to me. What's not right? And I don't want to, you know, say too much because people know my media platform. Right. But when he showed me what was not right, I was like, this is crazy. First and foremost, this is amazing. And had I not take a closer look into it and followed that inner voice, I would have never (laughs) looked or even thought that this could be possible. You see what I'm saying? How long did it take for you to get that, that like sign? Like from when you prayed about it to when it was shown to you. Oh, like when did you have I, to be patient. You do. I mean, you really <laughs> you have to be patient. Let's say this: I prayed for this side. I was in August. It didn't come full circle to me to November. It's a lot of patience. <laughs> <laughs> it is like you, and I was just, and so in the back of my mind. It just kept saying something's not right, something's not right. And then as it kept unraveling and unfolding itself and revealing itself to me, I had to, I was like, so this was not right. This is what this is. Mm-hmm. And then, because I'm going to tell you how God works. He doesn't, you know, put things in front of you that you're not emotionally ready for. For sure. Because if he if 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 I would have known this back in August, what I'm known now, I'd be on News Channel 13. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so he has to emotionally prepare you for what you know what he's gonna bring forth to you because he wants you to make, especially if you're one of his divine beings, to make a logical sense not an emotional one. So with me being the person that I would have made an emotional one. and then Wait, yeah, you said you're a cancer, right? Yes. I'm like, how do you deal with that? Because I struggle with that for sure. <laughs> I would have made an emotional decision and it would have been gone. It would have been yeah. over with. And so one of the things I did is I started praying for preparation with, I say, God Almighty, uh, prepare me for whatever you're going to reveal to me. So you have to add that along too. Yeah. So you, uh, it, 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 you have to prepare. So 
if you're going to ask him to reveal something for you, you have to also ask him to guide you with the emotional tools that are needed to do what it is that it, you know, to carry out what you need to do. And me, I like to handle things gracefully. Sure. So, you know, I'm a growing <laughs> human being. I haven't handled most things with grace. So, you know, I'm learning to handle things with grace and move forward in that fashion. But once I found out, I handled it with so much grace, more grace than I, you know, thought I would handle it. But uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Had I found out back in August, all hell would have broke loose. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I didn't see on the news. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be on news, daddy. (laughs) Chick-fil-A woman gone crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's, it's. Yeah, it's a journey within itself. And it, I would definitely say I picked back up heavily. Like, you know, I had prayed here and there, but I always knew that was my structure. So I can always go back to it. So mm-hmm. That's like, that's that's one incident. And then um, I had another incident where I literally, um, when I was in grad school, it was the craziest thing ever. And I wanted something to happen. And it literally happened like a week later. And it scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. So that was just like two instances where I was like, okay, am I crazy? Or did this really happen? Because I prayed for this and then it just happened like this in a week. So, and I'm going to be honest with you. I... <laughs> I don't know how he pulls the things that he pulls off, but they get pulled off. <laughs> right. So I can definitely say with my spiritual journey within itself, it has been a complete blessing. And I'm just praying more and, you know, listening more. I tell people, I'm not in religion at all. It's more of a spiritual walk for me. For sure. So, Do you think that, because I remember one of the last questions I asked you, were you religious? But had you been when you were younger? Like, did um, that ever kind of branch off to just turn into kind of a more spirituality? Um, I would say my parents were spiritual. Uh-huh. You know, That's we good. were not traditional Christians. We knew, you know, we read the scriptures and follow the ways what people would call Jewish, but really is Hebrew. And it's just like, you know, for us, I've always been raised in that structure, which mm-hmm. is interesting, interesting dynamic. And so my parents were like, you know, we're not too sure about Christianity because we've done our own research, but we know there is a God in heaven. So, you know, we're going to teach you the best of our ability and we'll let you choose and decide. Like I said, I've sat in a church before that really didn't move or help me. <laughs> I sat in a synagogue. That didn't move or help me. I've been to the mosque. That really didn't move or help me. So, you know, I was like, okay, so Ofer, the structure of me being spiritual and following the ways which you were taught helped me. So it's really what helps you, you know, in your personal life, in that sense, sits well with you. 
And I think for the most part, like I said, my parents were spiritual. And so that played a huge role in my life. Huge role. Yeah, it's almost like when it gets, uh, what's the word, like uh, digested by humans, then it Mm -hmm. kind of like loses its meaning. Yeah. Like how you're saying, like going to church or the temple and it's like, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've definitely found it to be kind of what's going on in my own body. Yeah. So, and that's like one of the biggest things is what's going on with you. How do you die? And that's like one of the biggest things. It's like, it's your spiritual walk. So you have to take ownership of it and you have to take guidance of it. And that's like one of the biggest things. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, for those who are into religion, okay. I'm not, you know, but spiritual is you holding yourself accountable for your own structure and your own guidance and understanding and you know, more of a walk in adulthood. You know, when it's like, like you said, when it's digested by people, that's when all this too much comes into play. Uh-huh. Too much comes into play. And and for me, I know. I like the way that I it, it was instructed and instilled in me and digested where I can hold myself accountable for prayer, uh, structure, understanding my walk and who I am as a woman. Yeah, I think you're super blessed to have had that structure because that's something that I struggle with is we were not religious. And Mm -hmm. I I don't think my parents weren't spiritual, but they didn't really teach us. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, oh, yeah, God's not real, blah, blah, blah. And then now I'm like, well, that's not true because I feel differently. But I also don't know what structure to create for myself and mm-hmm. and then holding yourself accountable is really hard too. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it really is. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, it's hard, but it's doable. For me, mm. my mother always told me to do your own research. That's, That's what really helped me. Do your own research. It, you all are millennials. You have too much access not to have do research. And then as you do your research, one of the things that I did, I was like, God, if you could lead me to you, lead me to you. I write my own prayers. I have 129 prayers to ensure that I'm doing right. And people look at my iPhone like, your notes are full of prayers. Yeah, they are. (laughs) So it's like me writing my own prayers, asking for guidance, asking for structure and leading me down that path to ensure that I am walking in a shining light in his, you know version of him so just ensure that I'm doing right and what it is like I tell people as you if you're struggling with spirituality because I'm not a religious person do your research ask for his guidance and ask him to reveal himself to you and once he does ask for confirmation and the rest is history yeah. The rest is history. And then, you know, from there, you can build on top of that and have your own platform and move in that dynamic and structure. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, one of my friends, she was like, you should become a pastor. I'm not a pastor. That's not, <laughs> that's not, I don't know what You're that like, is. I can only take care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> not myself, but it's just like, I feel like it's an individual walk. For sure. Uh, yeah searching for God himself and you know I'm not downplaying 
people who do say they're pastors this and third, but I feel like it's more of an individual thing. And I feel like you have to put in the work and the effort because anybody can tell you anything. And I don't want to be the person that tells you anything and leads you astray. Mm -hmm. And now you're looking at me because what may work for me may not work for you. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what's hard too is spirituality won't work the same exact way for every single person. Mm -hmm. But I think people don't get to know themselves enough to make it that far where they're like, oh, okay, this works for me. And so then like they're misguided or something like that. Yeah. And that's why I said, I don't want to be the person that misguides (laughs) you. So I just go ahead and do some research here, a couple of tools and go from there. (laughs) You know, what do you, okay. So I guess similar to kind of like a pastor or something, but do you feel like you are being called to share what you know in terms of sometimes? Like, how does that play out in your life? Because sometimes I don't want to teach too much, but I am like, uh, hello. Yeah. So (laughs) for me, I'm not going to sit here and lie because I have a platform. Yeah. Oh God, all the questions come and I'm just like, <laughs> Lord, guide me. If you want me to teach, you need to give me these tools because right. I've only been doing what's working for me. Mm-hmm. And so that I haven't gotten to that level yet, but I have had a few people ask me questions and I, it's been a little startling. I'm going to be honest. I'm like, oh, because I don't want to lead you. For me, I'm an overthinker. So I try to cross all my T's and dot my I's. So if I'm telling you something, I need to double check, fact checks, and then provide you with the information and go from there. Because I don't want to lead you astray. Kids, I don't want you to come back and say, oh, you tell me this and this and that and that. But I tell people all the time on the front end, what spirituality works for me may not work for you. So it's kind of a more self-discovery journey type ordeal. I agree. So. Yeah, I think I've run into the problem of not like trying to be like preachy or anything or like shame people, but I do, I don't know, like I feel like there's some sort of calling somewhere, but I'm still trying to figure out mm-hmm. what that means. So I think I just probably need to just keep praying for the guidance. <laughs> yes, like I say, because <laughs> we're young, we're still young. So I, like I said, just keep praying for the guidance. And it will come. And if that is your calling, I can guarantee you he's going to use you and move you in that direction anyway. Um, I'm learning that wherever you're supposed to be, you will be there. And whatever is meant for you, will you will have. And so I'm just letting that play a role in my life, too. It's just learning the art of letting go and letting him guide and intervene, which is like something I learned, too, is like, I literally say, God intervened with this situation in his matter. And he has. And You're I like, had to let go. <laughs> okay, well, have you always been good at letting go? Because for me, no, it's so no, hard. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. When I tell you, <laughs> no, ma'am, you looking at somebody who struggles. I struggle with, you know, con- uh, uh, trying to hold together a structure and doing things because I feel that it's right. And then, you know, I was just, I was struggling. It was causing me a lot of stress and a lot of back and forth with people because people don't understand my perspective when, you know, 
you'll have a vision for something and everybody don't understand your perspective and or what you are trying to do or come across and or what you're trying to provide. And so natural consequences, you know, I would say God gives you warning, <laughs> but when you don't heed those warnings, natural consequences come into play. And that's exactly what has happened to me several times. No, same. <laughs> several times. It's almost like because you don't listen to the warnings, he's like, oh, you're going to learn to let go. Yeah. <laughs> so you really don't have any control. And I'm like, yes. please. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. So now, you know, he's like, okay, so you're not going to listen. Now, let me just go ahead and pull the rug away from under you. (laughs) Seriously, yeah. And I had to let go. So with that being said, I was forced to learn to let go. Sure. Forced, not willingly, but forced. Same. So how do you... I'm trying to think of how you would do it, like moving forward, like just reminding yourself, like, yes, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yes. Like that's one of my biggest things is like, you know, do your part in your piece, but also remember the natural consequences that you went through prior to trying to control and manipulate this to your favor. Uh huh. And that is okay. So you're, you you don't want to go back down the same path and get that same result. So mm-hmm. I'm going to need you to do X, Y, and Z differently than you were doing at first. So it's a reminder for myself. And then like, just like a warning. Because I also asked, I was like, you know, it takes 21 days or so to actually change and take in those practices. So whatever life lesson that I learn, I write a prayer that I don't have to repeat in or learn that lesson again. That's really good. I like that. I was like, oh, I don't want to, because life is too short. Life is too short for me to learn the same lesson again. Mm-hmm. So when I'm learning lessons, I look up to the heaven. I say, God, what you want me to learn from this? Or what am I supposed to learn from this? Or was this even a lesson? Or is that something self-inflicted that I did to myself? Mm-hmm. And so, and knowing all of those metrics in my pondering and asking for assistance and guidance, I also write a prayer like, look, let me not repeat this. So what do I need to do different moving forward? Like I tell, I like, I almost write a prayer for every other day when I'm feeling some type of way. And, you know, I strayed, like I said before, I strayed away from it. But then I have picked it back up heavily because, all, like I said, all the changes and the dynamics in my life is like when I was ending my, you know, coming up on my 28th birthday, it was just like it was some type of switch that happened because, you know, last year was my spiritual awakening year. And then this year was like some type of huge switch where it was just time. Like, Are you sure you're awakened? yeah that's what I said I'm like wait hold up for sure what is going on hold up it's like you know let me look at this from a different angle and just learn from life lessons within itself so that 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 has played a huge part (laughs) but I could definitely say now I'm getting it 
much more quicker. Right. I'm like, yes, yes, ma'am. I'll, I'll, I'll learn. I promise. <laughs> yes. I'm going to be honest. It, it gets up like, again. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Because it, it, it gets like that because you learn that like life is too short. Yeah. Life is too short. One moment you're in one phase and the next moment you're in the next phase. And it just goes like that. Like 10 year high school reunion. We just, well, I, you know, 10 years ago, started graduating high school, went to college. Now I'm graduating with my doctorate. It just, it's just, you, it's too, thank you. It's just too fast. It's just, life is just too short. Yeah. And it happens in a matter of seconds for us not to be careful and not to double check and double learn everything. You know, you, you don't need no double learning. You need to learn this, see what you can learn from the situation and move forward in that direction. I agree. I think when I started shifting to, yeah, what is this teaching me? Even if it's really bad, like Mm -hmm. what is this teaching me? And what can I learn, like you said, to not make this mistake again? That's really helped. At least, I guess, keep my head on right and Mm -hmm. remember the gratitude. Even though it's like... I'm so glad you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you work in mysterious ways. I understand that now. <laughs> I but everything's you. worked out such so far. So it's like, I guess, I guess now, I mean, I have to trust you. Yeah. And and that's like one of the things like once you get to a certain level, it's like, okay, so let me just go ahead and trust because I've gotten it this far and I'm going to go ahead and continue to trust and align my affairs and move in that fashion and that nature. He get, he, he takes you, I'll say this, um, he'll take you through life experiences where you will have to rely on him and you can't rely on anybody else. Seriously, that's what this year was, I think. Like, seriously. Seriously. Let's put it that way. He'll put you in a situation where only he can get you out of it. And mm-hmm. you'd be looking like, I'm trying to get my head above water here. Right? <laughs> help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Yeah. He'll put you in situations like that. And, you know. If you trust and believe, he'll get you right out on that. Because then there's all, it always happens that you're safe and sound and everything's yep. okay. <laughs> and look, and be grateful because that don't happen to everybody too often. Right. I can recount and I'm like, how did I get out of that? How the hell did I get out of that? <laughs> Only by the grace of God. <laughs> <Seriously. laughs> you know, so... <laughs> You know, so I, I'm just grateful and thankful for my spiritual walk and my, you know, spiritual enlightenment. But see, to he's like, a, it's really a self awareness journey within itself. So I can give you some tools, but you're gonna have to do the legwork and see what works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hardest part is the work. Doing it <laughs> no one can the do work. it for you. It is. No, it, it, it's no way around it. No way around it. No way around. 
Well, I'd love to have you back again sometime because it was so good. Look, I would love to come back. I would love to come back. Just let me know when yeah. and where. I'm sure we'll we'll grow even more spiritually and emotionally in like six months. <laughs> we'll have way more wisdom. <laughs> like six months from now. Man, don't even talk about it. It's it's January, six months from now, it'll be June. So if you want to do a six-month check-in, that would be perfect. I would yeah. love to. Well, that means your birthday's around then, right? Yeah, my birthday's in July. July. So you're early. Okay. Yeah, my birthday's in July. So I, I would love to. I would love to do a check-in. I would love to do another podcast. It was great seeing you. Yeah, like, you too. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Oh my God, you still look like the same Maddie. <laughs> you look like the same Oprah. I just remember you would look at me and just be like, hmm. <laughs> but you would always play along. You would always I would. Be silly. I would. I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead. Because we were like little like- angels for each other in the Chick Fil A journey. <laughs> you needed it. You need it. Like I tell people all the time, you need it. I can say, just working at Chick Fil A, it, it it changed my, the dynamics of my life. It provided me with an experience I wouldn't have had had I not worked there. Totally. I didn't always so- agree with the religious aspects, but it definitely set my foundation for just being a kind customer service person and Mm -hmm. being of service. And now I can understand like the religious aspect and like what that means to be of service for people. But yeah, I mean, I'm super grateful. That was my first job. (laughs) It was my third job. (laughs) It was about my third, yeah, my little third, my third payroll job. Sure. Sure. So thank you so much, Maddie, for having yeah, me. Yeah, you're on. so welcome. I hope you have thank a great you. rest of your day and you we'll too. talk for sure. Of course. Always happy new year. Happy new year to you. I'll see you, you next year. <laughs> see you next year. Bye. Bye. If you'd like access to more podcasts and a postcard each month, check us out on patreon.com slash embrace madness.